0: Welcome back to What's Your Favorite Scary Movie. I'm Verona. I'm Sarah. And today we're going to be starting our next franchise, which is the Child's Play franchise. Starting off with Child's Play. I have only seen this once before. And then I talked about in my intro episode how I heard one singular line of this as a kid. Didn't even see what was happening. Just heard the line and freaked out after I'd watched it the first time. And again, now I'm like, I don't. I don't know why I was scared of that. Like my brain had just come up with something completely horrible and different than like what was actually on the screen.
1: <laughs> I think that that part of the movie is genuinely frightening. It's the part near the very end when Chucky is dying, basically, and as his soul leaves his body, he's as it leaves the doll body, he's saying "want to play," and it starts off in Brad Dourif's voice, and then it goes into the natural doll voice, which is very high pitched. And like, it does that and then has this weird, like, elongated end to it because the doll's obviously destroyed and malfunctioning. And it's chilling. It's really spooky. I'm like,
0: I think that's scary. I would have been scared either way. No, so true. But I was like six years old and walking down the hallway to my room and it was like bedtime and I heard that. And then I just sat in the dark in my room and just like made up Horrible scenarios of to what that like scene could have been actually because I didn't see it. I only heard it. I remember it so vividly because we were gonna go to one of the Disney water parks the next day, and I sat in my bed for like hours, just like being terrified of what could possibly be happening. And I spent the whole next day scared that Chucky was gonna be at the water park coming after me.
1: I didn't see Child's Play as a kid. Every other kid my age seemed to, but I didn't see it as a child. I did watch it as a teenager, I guess like a preteen. They scared me. The original Child's Plays didn't so much, but the first one that I saw, and I didn't even see the whole thing in like the one sitting, but the first one that I saw a significant chunk of was... Seed of Chucky. I hated horror movies at that point in my life. I was scared of them very much. So I hated it and it traumatized me. It was the scariest thing I'd ever seen in my life. It was so graphic. It was so gory. And then I just avoided it forever. And then I finally sat down and watched the whole series and was like, oh, these are like funny. They're campy. They're like silly. And I had a really good time watching them. And then by the time I got all the way up to like Seed of Chucky, I was like, now these are kind of funny. Like I can handle how graphic the later ones are because I have the basis of like this being kind of a goofy character already,
0: so. I haven't seen all of them. I've only seen one, two, and then the reboot, which was 2018 or 2019, I can't remember. But that's when I started watching them was because one of my friends and I were going to go see the reboot. And I was like, well, I have to watch all of the other ones first because like, I know technically since it was a whole remake of the original and like a different thing, I didn't need to watch them. But I was like, for me, I prefer that. I prefer to have all the understanding of the past movies before I go into this. And I didn't get to. I only got to watch those two beforehand because at the time... I'm, none of them were streaming except for those two and I couldn't find them fucking anywhere. So I just never watched them. So I'm excited now. So the first thing I think I said when we went into this and I didn't ever want to be condescending
1: about anything that was going to happen in this movie because I knew that you had like you, you were familiar. I just knew it had been a while. So I was like I gotta tell you like a couple of little things and I one of the main things that I think you and I really bonded over while watching this is Alex Vincent is just like the cutest little baby ever in this movie. He's so So sweet. Andy has gotta be like the cutest child horror movie character of all time. He's so cute, and I just relate to his mother so much because if that was my baby child and anything threatened him, I would also go into like a feral maternal rage. So I totally understand her. She's also just like kind of a badass in general. I'm a big fan. For some reason, in the end of the movie, and we'll get to this, she just like becomes like a world-class sharpshooter, having like no experience with a gun. So she's basically just Just totally badass. He's a little kid. So obviously I wasn't like anticipating any Oscar worthy performances. That being said, he does a great job. You really do forget that you're watching like a child actor do something. You you think that you're watching like a little kid actually experience all of these horrors because everything he does is very like natural and believable. Alex Vincent's still acting; he's super talented. He's in later Chucky movies, like he's in the the franchise. He's great. There's only one or two scenes where you can tell that like someone gave this little kid directions and he like just it didn't click as naturally as the rest of the movie did, and it doesn't even stress me out because it's just so cute to watch him. (laughs) do it there's a scene later when he's in the mental facility that he's staying in and he has this like confrontation with this doctor as he's looking for chucky and he's like backing away he's holding up the scalpel and he's like tilting his head back and forth like like not even looking at what he's looking at and it's because some like the director obviously went to him and was like, as you're backing into this corner, I want you to look around the room like you're looking for Chucky. And he looks like when little kids like pretend to be driving and they just go like with like, a steering wheel when they just like tilt their hands back and forth. Like he's not scanning anything.
0: His eyes, he's not picking up any of his surroundings. They just announced him a couple days ago at Monster Palooza this year. I was like, oh my God. So funny timing because I thought you were gonna talk about the moment in the mental facility I also love the way you phrase that by the way the mental facility he's like he checked at, himself like, into rehab as if this is, as, yeah this is just like a weekend getaway for him like refreshing recharging oh my god that part where he's like in the bars and he's like crying and he's like oh my god I started just sobbing <laughs> he texted you and I, I said like so what else are then? you ready to start crying and you were like huh and then immediately he starts
1: like this very sad like little kid real like squeaky crying and I was like that's just like a little five-year-old old boy like he's so scared I was like somebody help him
0: I'm blowing up this facility if nobody helps him how old is Andy supposed to be by the way because I can't gauge children's ages so I always assume they're all eight years old I (laughs) thought
1: he was supposed to be maybe four turning five he goes to a like an after-school daycare so he's in school so I was thinking like kindergarten maybe he seemed too little to be like first grade you know what i mean i mean he could have been like just a little yeah. kid but like he also didn't have any motor skills <laughs> he's six. Oh yeah that's that makes sense he's a tiny kid for a six but it, it that does make sense i mean he has chucky so, who was obviously helping him navigate the new jersey transit system but he was big enough to like go outside and like realize like oh i have to go get on this train because somebody just told me to like he he could put the
0: two and two Together, so that makes sense to me, I guess. Watching him like lug (sighs) chuggy around, even though the doll is like his size, if not bigger, is so cute and funny because he's just like holding it up and it's so massive. And we see a shot of another kid also carrying his good guy doll into the school and he looks normal because he's like older. And then you see him just running up and he's like (laughs) struggling a little, like the cutest horror protagonist of all time ever. They casted that so perfectly because you want to feel scared and sad and protective over this child while all of this is happening in the movie. Obviously this is from
1: 1988 and the 80s acting in this is so much fun. None of it is ever bad.
0: It's just like over the top and fun. That's what I really appreciated about 80s movies. Even when they were bad, it was so funny that you were just like, fuck yeah. Like I said that at one point in this movie. There's a line that the mom delivers and it's so fucking funny to me. She's running away from the cop and he's like where are you going and she's like to find Chucky but the way she says it was funny for no reason. It was a very over the top way to say it and like not in the way that like you're scared and like worried about your kid but in like I don't even know how to explain it.
1: This movie really is so effectively 80s even though it's at the very far end of the 80s like right up at the end just snuck in there. This one's 88 Child's Play 2 is 1990. Somehow this feels so much like an 80s movie and Child's Play 2 feels like a perfect 90s movie even though one's at the very beginning of its decade and one's at the very end they're so distinctly cohesive together as part of the franchise but you can one is just so 90s and one is so 80s and I don't even know how to explain it better than that until like you're watching them especially because we'll be watching them so quickly one after the other you can really compare them.
0: Same goes for a lot of 80s things though I feel like the end of the 80s like 87 to like 89 was just like aggressively 80s. Obviously I wasn't alive for this so like I'm speaking from like watching things set in these times and then like the second that the 90s started it was like completely different i don't remember child's play 2 at all and we'll see if i do while we're watching this one i remembered for the most part i remembered like the big beats of it maggie's death that one i remembered so vividly and then when it happened again i was just like dying laughing because it's so funny the way that she like flails backwards and takes like 30 steps just to fall out of the window like it's not like a oh she was right against the the window and just like fucking slammed out of it no she had to like backtrack like from the kitchen into the window like it took so long that like
1: truly reminds me of that scene also near with the confrontation with the doctor when it's like chucky in the facility when he's walking backwards and he like trips over like an iv machine or something um and he goes like whoa like and he catches himself and he looks back and he sees that there's like a bunch more iv machines and then he just goes and looks forward again and keeps backing up into them until he falls on his ass.
0: Walk me through your decision When you're not trying to be campy, sometimes you get the best camp from that. I think the reason why the camp in the Child's Play franchise, in the
1: whole franchise, it comes across natural in its camp without pushing too hard or trying too hard and seeming very genuine and sweet because it is genuine in earnest, but it is also like an aggressively queer franchise. So it just has that little sprinkle of goodness. <laughs> makes the art just a little on another level in terms of horror. Queer influence in horror always just
0: has like a very specific flavor to it and it's so good not to always bring them up but like the screen movies those are very intentionally queer movies or queer coded and I think that is what makes the best movies is because there's that added layer to it horror has always been political and unfortunately queer identities are political whether we want them to be or not
1: I've got a text from you here that just says it's bigger than he is shut up from like the scene when he gets the doll and he's opening it for the first time and I'm I, my responding text to you is because she comes in with the box and Andy's with her and she's like, hey, I have like another present for you. And he's like, oh my God, what? And she, it, the box is, it's just this huge rectangular package that she's like wrapped in paper, right? This is for you. Like, this is a gift. This isn't groceries. And I was like, the hell groceries? Could that have possibly been? This kid is so not good at problem solving. A
0: really long piece of asparagus.
1: What like 10 or 12 like comically long baguettes did they put into like a box for you of that size? Anyway, the next text that I sent just says, I love him absolutely screaming at this thing. That would have turned Chucky, I think, into a killer if he wasn't one already. He opens this thing up and she's like, Show me how it works. And he's like, I have to talk to it. And he goes, Hi, Chucky, like so loud. He's like my name's Andy calm down you live in an apartment building you can't play with this toy ever at night if this is the volume that it has
0: to be engaged with that because you know how like in the later scenes when he does go to sleep and like sleeps with Chucky and he's talking to him could you imagine if he was just full volume (laughs) screaming at him every single time they were talking like maybe that's a grandma's house toy now and then that first Chucky reveal
1: first of all gagged. Ooped even Ooped even literally just unreal the shot of the batteries falling out of the box like and the spooky music just heart stopping so good so good what a great reveal I don't know if I'm gonna maybe you didn't have this experience and that's fine when he comes after her and he attacks her the scariest thing to me especially when I was younger like I, I wasn't a little kid when I saw this movie when I saw it I had been a kid recently enough that this awoke like a dormant fear in me from my childhood of being bitten by my toys specifically bitten furbies were like a big thing when I was growing up obviously and everyone had a freaking Furby and everyone my age, I think kind of started having nightmares about their Furbies around the same time. It was like a very strange, I don't know if we were like rugged conspiracy theory something was happening we all had these nightmares around the same time one of my friends told me that she had these nightmares that it had a knife in one of its little floppy weird feet and it was chasing her and I was like oh your Furby has like weapons no I'm just terrified that my Furby's gonna like attack me and bite me and that was the same thing with like china dolls anything that any toys that I got freaked out by my fear was that they were gonna bite me for some reason I don't know why that was the concern so for Chucky for that to be his attack of choice when we know that he like pushes people out of windows and he has a
0: knife I was horrified horrified And it's not like a small bite either. We see later when she shows the cop. It's like red and aggravated and bloody and like black and purple. He fucking chomps. I also had that fear, but it was with like my Barbie dolls. I was also just mostly scared that they were going to become like sentient. They're sharp, weird little hands. Yeah, I was a little too late for Furbies. My sisters had one. So by proxy, I had one. And I remember we used to have to lock it into a drawer at night because at that time we were living with my grandma. Michigan and we all lived in one room the three of us so we had to lock it into a drawer at night because even with it turned off and the batteries out it would still talk and it did that constantly in the drawer we would hear it move and talk and we were like that thing's gonna come out and kill us you asked me a question about Chucky's
1: strength in this and I don't have a definite answer and this may not even be the right answer and I'm sure somebody actually does have an answer and it's googleable but my keyboard's very loud and I'm not gonna do that I was thinking about that part in the internship where they're talking about physics when you're like shrunken down and you're really small and how you could like jump straight up like super fucking high if you were shrunken down. I was like maybe because he's like a man and he's in this tiny body he has like way more momentum maybe. Also maybe why he can take like so many gunshots even when he's able to like bleed and able to be injured. And that also ties back into the thing about you saying how severe her bites were from him. That would be like the bite of a grown man but if he didn't have to worry about his own teeth or tasting blood it would just be him using all of his jaw strength to close like two pieces of plastic on her he can't get a jaw ache like nothing bad can happen in that way and I was like okay that would explain why his tiny little mouth biting her fucked her up so bad
0: I also think about that part in as above so below with the statues that you said like they're limestone so imagine just fucking limestone chomping into you same with this imagine doll plastic especially in the
1: 80s they were not concerned about making toys nice and soft and sweet (laughs) for
0: the kids it echoed when you hit it we talk about sound a lot there's one part in this that i love it's when he's taunting the guy in the car and he's walking around the car and just scraping it with the knife and you can hear it how chilling would that be to know that this killer doll is coming after you you previously had not thought that it was real or like happening and now he's just haunting you and like about to kill you and he's gonna try his hardest to fucking kill you as he's already has like three other people
1: the other thing because like i know the running joke is always like oh if chucky was coming after me that'd be the easiest like killer to survive just like punt him away (laughs) this detective is now seeing a killer doll for the first time which is already enough to process and on top of that he now has to like deal with the fact that this is not only a killer doll but he knows that it's extremely capable because he's literally the detective on a case where people have been killed by this doll perfectly capable adults have been killed by this doll so he's like what what do i have that's any different and then that's of course when he shoots him. Funny fucking scene by the way. He just goes
0: flying. A lot of Chucky's victims or at least the first couple, he got them on the element of surprise. Like they didn't know that he was coming after them. They weren't aware that there was like even a doll that was killing people. Like obviously Maggie, she didn't know because she was the first one and then the guy that he blew up, he had no fucking clue. (laughs) Both of those were instances where like they couldn't have even fought back if they tried because they had no idea it was coming. And then this one the cop, he's the first one who knows that he's coming. And even then I think at this point he didn't didn't fully believe that like Chucky was alive and now he has confirmation that it actually is Chucky and not just like Andy being crazy. And I said this to you when we were talking. I like the fact that they really could have just gone with the route of like this is a killer doll and like that's it. But instead they had this like whole backstory of like Charles Lee Ray was a serial killer and he was running away and then he put his spirit into the doll as he was was dying and then he has to figure out how to get out of this doll's body and he finds out that like the only way he can is in order to kill the person that he first revealed him his true self to which happens to be a six-year-old child up until that point I was like oh Chucky's like a ride or die for Andy like now he's I'm this kid's best friend it's my duty anyone who says anything mean to him I'm gonna kill them then we got to that point and I was like oh never mind never mind
1: I like the possibility speaking of like the voodoo aspect of it all and um the fact that Chucky finds out that he has to go and take over andy's body of course like under threat of torture or actual torture you'd be like okay maybe i will give up some of my morals to like save myself and get out of this situation but i also like the idea that instead of it just being because he didn't want anything bad to happen to anyone the reason why john didn't tell chucky the way to get out of the doll was because he was worried that he might be the first person chucky was telling right then when he came to see him so he didn't want to tell him oh you got to just go put your soul in the body of whoever you told first for this doll to turn around and say, well, that was you, and now I'm gonna,
0: like, come after you. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. I also just really love that whole scene with John. Getting to see that interaction, especially with him taking his voodoo doll out and boying with him quite literally. Love the layers of metaphors here. Layers upon layers upon layers. The fucking onion. That is so good. And I just really liked John. I liked seeing his home and all his different things. Wish we had gotten more of him. I understand why. They could have really done much else with him I guess. I always love those characters in these movies that have like really cool like spiritual beliefs and like practices and I like getting to see them so it's cool that they like incorporated it into this franchise because like I said they really could have just gone like doll malfunctioned and now it's a killer. Instead it was like a full thought out there. Or like AI
1: turns evil or whatever. Which by the way incredible. Incredible plot choice. I love Megan but you know they were doing something really different with this. And then they managed to keep that idea fresh for so many movies and then of course the show because the basis of it wasn't an inherently evil thing. The situation that happens with how Chucky becomes Chucky is obviously like evil but the concept of the idea that souls could be transferred around isn't like an inherently evil thing so they were able to make throughout the franchise like a wide range of different characters with different motivations and like different personalities that are kind of engaging in like the same stuff without it just being like a lot of Chucky's.
0: I'm really excited to get to the rest of the movies because you've told me a lot about like the different versions of like the different Chucky's. Obviously, I'm obviously so fucking excited to finally see Tiffany Valentine and Jennifer Tilly. I love Jennifer Tilly so much, so I'm so excited to see her in this. And then you also talked about how. Brad Dorf's daughter Fiona she's in this and she plays him like I just think that's so cool and such like a cool way to keep it going I'm really excited to see like how it gets to that point also that part when he fries the psychiatrist's brain that was literally their makeup budget was $14 in a dream <laughs> <laughs> um, and I appreciate that once again. Any fault I have with like an 80s movie isn't a real fault. That's just like a gain to me because it makes it campy and fun in my brain. Where most people would be like, haha, that's like bad makeup. They just put like black eyeshadow all over him. I'm like, that is so fucking funny. Because it was effective and, now, and it did the job. Almost, right? And now almost like what like almost 40 years later, that is so camp and so funny. The whole like altercation at the end. And where Chucky like jumps out at Andy and he's like, ah, surprise! And then Andy just like whacks the shit up. It's so fucking funny. Cause like the way that Chucky screams at first. He cuts it off. Like he cuts the scream off. That's what's so fucking funny about it. It's
1: like, ah! the one great thing about this, of course, like since it's dealing with like toys, it would be it's natural to have this story circle around a kid. But one really great thing about it circling around a kid is that since nobody listens to kids about anything, it adds this perfect frustration layer to the lasagna of delusion that's happening in this movie because if this was all happening to an adult they nobody would still be taking them seriously we do see something similar to that in the cult of chucky we see as the franchise goes on that like teenagers and then like young adults and then like grown adults also all have experiences with this doll or with dolls that it's still impossible for them to get anyone to listen to them or believe them but that added frustration that andy has where not only is no one listening to him about the fact that this is Chucky's fault, nobody's listening to him about anything that he's feeling or anything he's done or anything he's gone through because nobody takes kids seriously on any topic,
0: which is just, it makes you feel for him a lot more. But he eats with that final line where Chucky's like, but we're friends till the end. And he's like, this is the end, friend. Oh my god, like what a badass line for a six-year-old. Like, are you kidding? His delivery is so good, too. I know. Go off, Andy. Icon living. Right
1: before that is, in my opinion, the funniest chase scene in, like, the history of cinema, because it's Chucky chasing Andy throughout the apartment. Chucky is too small to effectively chase Andy in a fast way, and he's wearing, like, his stupid little overalls and his fake feet. Like, he's a little doll. He can't go super fast. And Andy is much faster than Chucky, but Andy is a baby. He's six, so he has, like, no motor skills. He's very uncoordinated and clumsy, and he keeps, like, tripping over nothing because he's a baby so truly one of the funniest looking chase scenes ever
0: yeah no honestly that part was making me laugh so much because like you just see Chucky he's trying his hardest like truly he is and he's like running with all of his might and it's not getting him anywhere Andy has a lot of help in this movie at least near
1: the end like with dealing with Chucky like he has his mom he has the detective there's assistance in taking care of Chucky in this like final act so it's probably not as insulting for Chucky because he's taken out by it takes a team of three to take him out if you count Andy as like a whole person. <laughs> so I'm sure that he's like, yeah, I'm still pretty like tough or whatever on the inside. That being said, I my spirits would be a little downtrodden after that chase scene if I was Chucky. I'd be a little insulted that that six-year-old tripping over his own pajama sneakers, as he called them, is besting me in just trying to chase him in a straight line through an apartment. I would be a little disappointed in myself.
0: Be humbling. <laughs> the added layer of it being an apartment too, like it's not even like a big, space to like be chased through <laughs> or be chasing someone through. I would have just packed it up and be like, I'm going to try again another day. I'm going to wait till he has to like come see out, myself out. Goodbye. to get food or something. I'm not doing this. And then just like shiv him in the Achilles heel. you in Achilles heels. I Yeah, there's something there. Bird Chucky is just horrifying. So fucking scary. And he would not stop fucking coming back. Like, I'll give him that. He really fought till the end. He was fucking resilient. And I get so angry at that part where they're finally like, decapitate him, like, behead him, whatever, and he is in two separate pieces, and then he comes back again. I love the whole sequence, by the way, where he's, like, yelling at his body on, like, what to do, but I get angry because they take his body after they, like, take it off of the guy, and they throw it towards the head. Wouldn't you want to keep those pieces as separate as possible and not mere inches next to each other where he could just grab his head and put it on his body. Because personally, after that thing is done attacking me, I'm ripping all of its limbs off and just throwing them all in different directions so fucking far that they won't even be close to each other. And then I'm going to take each piece and wrap them up and then tie cinder blocks to them and drop them into different parts of different rivers (laughs) and lakes. And then some of them I might just explode with fireworks just to truly make sure this thing is well and dead and gone. I think that's a solid game plan thank you so andy's mother karen barclay
1: played by katherine hicks is truly like the most badass woman she's not getting her dues in the women of horror discussions in my opinion because she goes through hell in this movie and at the very end having never picked up a gun in her life before this sweet mother who works at a department store single mom who works two jobs loves her kids and never stops she becomes a sharpshooter she picks up the gun and she from across the apartment just does a slight squint and knocks with insane accuracy starts knocking chucky's limbs off as he advances towards her from across the apartment gets the gets an arm gets a leg gets the head she's an icon we need to give her her time to shine in the women of horror discussions in my opinion
0: that is exactly in my brain how i think it would go for me if i ever needed to use a gun i think i would be like that just like i if i squint i can just perfect precision i don't need to train i don't need to know how a gun works beforehand i'm one of those people where i'm like i'm never gonna prepare for something beforehand because i feel like the first time i do it it's just gonna be perfect. And if I practice before that, I'm ruining it. Yeah, what if your best time is before you do it? Exactly. I know this isn't the same, but like sometimes I'll do something for the first time and I will just be so perfect and good at it. And then I will continue to do it after that. And I'm like, oh, I'm not as good as I was the first time I did it. So I'm saving like that until I need to use it. Because what if one day a killer possessed doll is trying to come after me, but I have already trained on how to use a gun and now all of a sudden I can't fucking do it. I don't want that. I just don't want that to be happening to me. So... I'm going to be like her and just immediately pick up a gun for the first time and just bang, 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 bop. Got it. Prop, prop, pew. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And not enough people are talking about that. So that will wrap up our discussion on Child's
1: Play from 1988. I'm very excited to get to the rest of the Chucky series. It's one of my favorite franchises. So it's going to be a fun little journey. And we will be kicking that off by covering Child's Play 2 next week. In the meantime, you can check out our link tree, which is WYFSM. That will have links to all of our- our. our socials, including our Twitter, which is WYFSM podcast, as well as our Instagram WYFSM pod. It also has links to every place that you can listen to our show and we will see you guys next week.